there's a remarkable political consensus around net zero. It's got several bits. At the core, there's the assumption that bills just can't go up or not very much at all. You know, we mustn't pay out of our current income to deal with climate change. So all the investment that's going to be required, and again, there's a consensus around the fact that we need to do a hell of a lot of investment, all of that has to come from borrowing. It's not that current voters and current customers must pay, but the future must pay for cleaning up the mess of the present. That borrowing is going to come overwhelmingly, it's assumed, between the parties from the private sector. Labour's repeated step-by-step retreats from its 28 billion public money tells you everything you need to know about the pressure to bring this money from the private sector and predominantly because we don't save very much in the UK from foreigners. Foreigners are going to do it for us and future consumers, future generations are going to pay for this, not ourselves. And then behind all this lies the certainty that many of the advocates of net zero have, which is it's all going to be cheaper. It ain't going to cost you very much. And indeed, if you look to the Labour Party, Miliband claims that renewables are already much cheaper than fossil fuels. At one stage, it was 10 times cheaper. Well, if it's all so cheap, the private sector is going to do all this stuff and our bills aren't going to go up. Indeed, we should get rid of all the subsidies now. And of course, that's ludicrous. We should do net zero and it's going to cost us and we're going to have to pay and neither of the main political parties wants to tell you that. Just because something's a consensus and people agree about it doesn't mean that it's right. So let's just unpack this a little bit. So bills mustn't go up. New politics, which is reflected in Sunak's speech on climate change and Starmer's speech at his party conference and the rolling back of Labour's commitments. Well, why shouldn't the bills go up? I mean, the polluter should pay. And ultimately, it's you and me that buys all this stuff, whether it be fast fashion or petrol and diesel or the embedded fossil fuels in virtually everything we buy and use. You know, 80% worldwide is still the share of fossil fuels in energy. And remember, much of our stuff that we use here is bought from overseas. And even here, where we've wisely closed the coal industry, it's still uh, mid-70s percent. So we're doing a hell of a lot of polluting, you and me, and we should pay. The polluters should pay. It's straightforward. Okay. The second bit is why should future generations pay? Why should we be borrowing to deal with net zero and the pollution of our systems? Why shouldn't we be paying it out of current income? Why shouldn't it be pay as you go rather than pay when delivered? I mean, after all, we're doing the polluting. It's us that needs to clean up the mess. And somehow we expect the future generations to pay for all these shiny new assets, which are going to be built on the basis of foreign borrowing because, well, you know what? We don't want to pay. So the bills should go up. Polluters should pay. 
and the borrowing should be replaced by capital maintenance and current spending. Of course, if it's all going to be staggeringly cheap, as we're so often told, neither of these things are going to make much difference because we won't have to pay very much and we won't have to borrow very much. Except we will, because the reality is already seeping through, hence Sunak's speech, hence Starmer's speech, that the illusion that this is all happiness and win-win-win is replaced by the deep reality that we're living beyond our sustainable means and we have to do something about it and we're going to have to pay. And that turns us to the question of, well, what would the sustainable economy look like? The subject of my latest book, Legacy. Well, the answer to this is pretty straightforward. You know, you can either live within your environmental means or you decide not to. You decide to be unsustainable and you'll reap the consequences of that unsustainability. It's not difficult to work out what living within your environmental means actually adds up to. And it's facing up to the reality that our lifestyles the way we live in the second and then indeed into the third decade of this century is just not going to leave the world in a reasonable state for future generations to have the assets in place to choose how they wish to live their lives. We are ultimately a very selfish generation. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't have economic growth and indeed addressing net zero can't contribute to economic growth. But rather than run around telling the regulators that the, of all these infrastructures, you know, you've got to pursue growth now, it's going to be your statutory duty, which is the proposal out there, we ought to stand back and work out what that sustainable economic growth really looks like. And it looks like the things that actually cause economic growth, the reasons why future generations could in principle be better off if we, in this generation, live within our sustainable means. Overarching all of technical progress that we've had, and therefore economic growth, are the fundamentals looking out over the next few decades. We don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know what kind of things people will have in 250 or 2100. But we do know that IT, information technologies, will be a big part and we know genetics will too. There's a revolution going on out there. And just as in my generation, we've benefited from all the things that a technology has brought that we didn't have at the outset, you know, laptops, iPhone, internet, and all the media opportunities that are out there. Future generations are going to benefit too. But you don't get there by being unsustainable now because what is unsustainable will not be sustained. And you don't get there by simply thinking that economic growth equals building lots of houses or building lots of wind turbines and borrowing to do that. GDP will go up if we borrow and do this stuff, but that's not sustainable economic growth as many, many more people now realise. Now, we're not on that path. And we are deluding ourselves to believe that all of this can be done for free. And we are badly tr 
treating the next generation by not paying the cost of the pollution and not paying for the capital maintenance to keep the infrastructure, including the energy system, in good shape to deliver what's required. We're not doing that. And you have to ask yourself, well, what happens? Since what is unsustainable will not be sustained, what happens if our selfish generation carries on being selfish? Well, it's pretty straightforward. We will not hit the net zero targets for 235 for the electricity system, or indeed even 250 for the system as a whole. And for Labour, it's crazy to say, oh, well, you know what? 235 is the target that the Conservatives have, so we'll have 230 instead. Really? Does anyone seriously believe that were Labour to win the election and come into power in 225, that within five or six years, they're going to complete the complete decarbonisation of the electricity system? It's nonsense. And notably, Labour has not opposed pushing back the timetable for phasing out gas boilers. And it's apparently muted when it comes to electric cars too. But in any event, there is no comprehensive electricity charging system for cars, and it's not going to be hit. So what are they going to say then? Oh, well, you know, it was the other guy's fault. No, the consensus is there. Both parties are really on the same political territory, and both parties are fundamentally wrong about net zero and what we need to do about climate change. So if we want to really do something about climate change, we have to get back to living within our environmental means. We have to accept it's going to cost us and bills are going to go up. And then we have to look the next generation in the face and say, you know what? We know that this is what we have to do to leave you with a set of assets to choose how to live your life at least as good as we had. But you know what? We're going to cheat on you. We're going to carry on being the selfish generation. It'll take a brave politician to tell us that because it's ultimately us that don't want to pay. Thank you.